0: intro right now. Alrighty. Um
1: Hello. Hello, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how are you, doing? Are you uh, so excited?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. Um I'm pumped. You just gotta copy me the whole interview is that <laughs> or the whole time. So.
1: I, is that what I've been doing? <laughs> um yes.
0: Today. all right Okay, here we go. Three
1: two three two one
0: <laughs> Hello I'm Ryan Rotella.
1: I'm Graham, Marima,
0: and this is, what are you going to do, oh fuck,
1: what's the (laughs) title? What do you, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up, yeah, (laughs) fuck, fuck, do it again, take two,
0: hello, (laughs) ah damn it,
1: I've been practicing all week on how to have a normal conversation with someone, I got this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you should have it down, (laughs) frankly, don't call me Shirley. Frankly, my
1: dear, I don't give a damn.
0: Frankly, my dear, don't call me Shirley, all right?
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly.
0: Hello, I'm Ryan Rotella.
1: I am Graham Merrimack.
0: And this is, what are you going to be when you grow up?
1: What do you want to be when you grow
0: up? What do you want to be when you grow up? (gasps) Fuck. Hello, I'm Ryan Rotella.
1: I'm Graham Merrimack.
0: And this is, what do you want
2: to be when you grow up?
1: do you want to be when you grow up well I just repeated what you said okay thanks (laughs) Um, we're here to talk to you about the biggest question you've ever been asked and the question you've probably been asked most as a child which is what do you want to be when you grow up a question
0: that provokes a lot of uncertainty anxiety And frustration when you are, say, I don't know, 23 out of college and not really know what to do with your life, which happens to be (laughs) my situation.
1: How old are you, Ryan?
0: 23.
1: (laughs) What? Me too. (laughs) What? Ryan Uh, and I are trying to figure out what we want to be when we grow up because we, well, we went to Davidson College together. mm -hmm. Both English majors. We're both English majors, so... We probably get asked this question, I would say, 12% more than someone who's maybe a physics major. Or Um,
0: asked, do you want to be a teacher? Which the answer is, no, not in this economy. (laughs) Zing.
1: (laughs) Zing, indeed. Timely, Ryan, very timely. Very timely depressing reference, but anyway. (laughs) So now we are turning the question around and asking other people what they want to be when they grow up. Because the answer is never easy, no matter what stage of life you're in.
0: No, and actually, you know, the question in your mind right now, listener, might be, why do they make this a podcast? To answer, I don't really know, but uh, (laughs) my mom and I were talking, and I was talking about my existential angst, about uh, what to do with my life, what is my purpose, and she said, yeah, I don't really know either. And she is, like, near the end of her career as a realtor. And she's like, yeah, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Like, I'm figuring that same question out. And I was like, oh, this is a very universal thing that we don't really get to talk about too often. Or if we do, yeah. it's, very, um, it's very competitive when we talk about it with other people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm every day... I am getting closer to accepting the reality that you don't actually wake up as an adult one day. We're just in it. (laughs) So (laughs) that's always, you're always asking yourself the same questions, no matter how old you are, which is scary, but I guess also cool. Yeah. And
0: also for most of human history, no one's really ever asked that question. Like it's always been answered for you. Like you're going to learn your father's trade you're a woman you're going to be in the house being a homemaker Um, but we also have that maybe that's not the case maybe in some cultures that isn't the case but I don't know it feels like a very recent invention with this question a question that has a lot of privilege a lot of um, social mobility a lot of class tied to it Um, so it was also yeah, this will be kind of like a far-reaching exploration of this question as it pertains to our society, but also on a very personal level. And because of that, we started off with uh, probably about as personal as we could get, um, as we are interviewing. Or we interviewed uh, my mom. Graham interviewed my mom. Leslie about her life, and I interviewed Jody. Crisp, who is a good friend of both of ours, but more so for Graham and Graham, why is that?
1: Uh, well, Jody and I are best friends. Um, we are, we keep a lot of people guessing about whether or not we're dating, which is really fun. Um, and I now live in Denver. He lives in Tennessee with Ryan. So Ryan gets to hang out with him in, in physical space and I don't anymore. True,
0: and I get to think, he's cool he's, he dated you, and he didn't, and it's, I don't know, yeah, it confused me, too. Oh.
1: <laughs> just, just you wait, listeners.
0: <laughs> Have well, we got a show for you? We well, got, a, got a web for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we yeah. wanted to focus on ve- people very close to us, and that's because we wanted to focus on expectations uh, for this first episode, as you see in the title. Uh, and that's because... I a lot of our decisions I mean early on are just based on what people expect from us like I'll take a job if I have debt I'm a one because you need to pay off the debt but two people expect you to do so to be practical to not fail
1: <laughs> yes there's a lot of people expecting us not to fail that's a bummer
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there might be people expecting us too, regardless. But there's a lot of, uh, like, what do I expect after graduation? Like, what are you Mm -hmm. expected to do as a woman in the workforce? Or, you know, anybody, like, non-white male, so not like me, (laughs) for instance. Uh, Like, what's expected of you for success? What does success look like? Um, And even when you do get a job, like, what's the expectation of... This company, this thing you've never done before. If you happen to be in our shoes, graduated a four-year school, and don't really have a lot of work experience before, or at least not in a like office setting. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, like I don't know, it's really. F- but you're also forming your expectation of what you want out of life too. So I thought it would be a good place to start on expect expectations because there's determined a lot by the people around us, ourselves, and our society at large.
1: Yes. Because a a large part of the question of like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I think it starts in expectations and maybe ends in a different realm, but you leave college and people expect certain things of you. Like you're an English major and people expect that you're going to become a teacher. Or you racked up a bunch of student debt. People expect you to make money. Like, so what is the, what is the motivating force or like, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? What is the priorities you're going to make? And it's interesting too, because, well, I think for both of our, like with your mom and with Jody, who are at very different stages of their careers, but when they're both starting and with Jody starting now, it's very motivated of like, well, I have to make money to survive. That's it. And that's a motivating force for both of them. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to see the trajectory of your mom's career after that, and interesting to think about where Jody's will go after this mm-hmm. stage. Sh-
0: of... Oh, sorry.
1: Uh, please, no, dear, dear uh, Ryan, please go on.
0: <laughs> I'm the woman interrupter, folks. Uh...
1: <laughs> we'll just set that That's standard me. right That's now. That's my yeah.
0: title. Um, but the. So it's important to note that. Jody is starting out in his career. Just got a job recently with Enterprise. And my mom has been working since she is, was like 13. And now she is 60. Um, so it's kind of... We wanted to really juxtapose uh, to people in two very different positions. But facing down the same question and expectations. And... Oh, man. There is something else I wanted to say. Um... That
1: you like my hat?
0: Yeah, you have a very good. Was hat. that
1: the other thing you wanted to
0: say? That was, I really wanted to say that.
1: I found it on the ground.
0: I'll just in Denver.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll just in Denver. <laughs> just... Well, Ryan, where are you in your career? Uh, so that's a good question.
0: I just got done with the job with the College Advising Corps, which is a nonprofit under the Americorps umbrella, and I focus. I focused on helping lower income rural high school students apply to college and apply to financial aid a lot so i did a lot of applications helped a lot of kids with their FAFSA applications helped a lot with you know figuring out where they wanted to go for school while being basically an assistant counselor at this rural high school in north carolina bunker hill high school in catawba county go bears um Yeah, I kind of realized education wasn't my thing that I really wanted to do, um, or at least not in that capacity. And I'm back home for a little bit trying to chart my next move, maybe marketing. But even then, it's mm. like, ugh, <laughs> going into <laughs> marketing. Um, so, Graham, where are you at with your career?
1: I, so I graduated from Davidson a little over a year ago, and then I was a freelance writer for a while for this nonprofit, like outsourcing communications company, and then in January I started this job as a digital campaigner for Environment America, which is an environmental nonprofit in Denver. So I left the foothills of Tennessee and embarked on a journey to the west, at least wester than I was, mm. um, and that's where I am now. Is living. In a city that I'd never visited before, doing, uh, making videos and tweeting and, uh, eating a lot of avocados. Hell yeah. That's about it. And you didn't (laughs) know
0: anybody, you didn't know anybody before you moved there, right? Or you know, like, one or two people.
1: Yeah, I didn't know anybody, um, I, but luckily... I posted on Facebook I needed a roommate, and my old roommate's former roommate's friend from high school's boyfriend needed a roommate, so that was my only connection. <laughs> to it's a very
0: coincidental chain of <laughs> relationships. <laughs> yeah, it was
1: fun. <laughs> yeah, so I've been here like eight months now. Six months. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you, my
0: thank you. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um. So we're gonna play Jody's interview first. I interviewed Jody. Uh, what's important to know about Jody is that he grew up, or he's, he explains in an interview, but he grew up in Athens, Tennessee, in Norris, Tennessee, in East Tennessee for a while. And he, is, he comes from a working class background and he um, kind of, he has a very peculiar story as a first generation working class student going to a university. Um, something that I kind of dealt with before, um, and it's it's really interesting that I'm that I interviewed someone who is basically a future version of the students I just helped. Um, so without further ado, would it be is. productive for me to ask
3: the questions and you play as me and just answer the questions yeah, I as think me?
0: That would be better.
3: And I don't know how maybe you're planning on doing, are you, are you going to introduce me in any way? Are yeah. Are you doing it on your own?
0: No, I'm going uh, to introduce you mm-hmm. right now. Okay, cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. I am Ryan, but more importantly, I have with me our very first guest, Jody Crisp. How are you
3: doing, sir? I'm doing well. Pretty good. Pretty good. good. Awesome. Um, Love and life.
0: Yeah? hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Certainly. Good um so where are you from mr crisp
3: uh i'm from uh kind of a couple different places but uh mostly east tennessee gotcha moved around a lot as a kid i grew up kind of in athens tennessee which is you know like halfway between knoxville and chattanooga but also kind of grew up in norris tennessee that's kind of what i consider my hometown because that's where i spent most of my time in norris in norris yeah i didn't actually graduate from high school there but that's kind of what i consider my hometown
0: well dope we'll dive more Mm -hmm. into that for sure okay um but I know you just graduated from the University of Tennessee-Knoxville. Congratulations. Sure did.
3: Only took me uh, five years, you know, a timely uh, finish.
0: But you got a job. Yep, you yep. You got a job very that recently. That is true. Yes. And uh, who did you get that job with?
3: Uh, I'm with Enterprise. Yep. Enterprise or Intercar. Uh, just like in the movie Step Brothers when Will Ferrell's like, <laughs> they have a great corporate structure and they give you the tools to succeed. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah, I got a job with Enterprise, I'm, you know, and that's what I've been doing for about the last seven or eight weeks since I graduated.
0: Okay, so. Jody, just don't lose your dinosaur.
3: Yeah, exactly, just yeah. don't lose your dinosaur, uh, folks. I'm a little bit younger than Will Ferrell when he first got his job with Enterprise in the movie. So, first question, biggest question. Okay, let's do this. How are you feeling? Feeling good, feeling good. Um, it's definitely a transition period. I don't usually do well with transition periods. I, uh, um, I don't know. Every time I've gotten to a new stage in my life where I feel like I've reached a certain goal and I'm in a new spot, instead of looking at like what's the next goal or what's the next step, I'm like, "Oh, this is it." You know, like, well, why, why am I looking forward to the next thing?" You know. So I'm kind of, I'm struggling with that a little bit, you know. And, uh, you know, the other thing I'm struggling with a little bit is, you know, I'm still here in Knoxville. I'm still here in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And you know, my plan from the get go was, you know, the second I graduate, shooting off to Chicago or, or out west or mm-hmm. you know the Northeast or something, you know. So it's it's a little weird to still be around, especially when I was telling everybody my plans to leave, and now it's like, whoa, you're still here and you're <laughs> working with Enterprise. Like, uh, what are you? Why are you doing that? You know. Yeah. So I I get a little bit of that. So, you know, just kind of playing it out. You know, figuring out what's going on right now. But uh, I'm actually really enjoying the job. It's awesome. a a lot of hours, but, you know, fast-paced, fun, you know, customer service-based, which I appreciate, you know, so, I'm, I'm actually liking it quite a bit. Well,
0: heck yeah, I mean, yeah. It, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that, like, that's a very thoughtful response, because I know yeah. right after I graduated last year, I was just, I didn't know how to, like, communicate all the different emotions I was feeling at yeah. once, because I cried at graduation or like mm-hmm. the night before yeah because that's when it, i it wasn't thinking about it the whole senior year it's like i'm just gonna mm-hmm. be present i'm just gonna be focused on out with friends yeah getting stuff done and then once the ceremony the night before the ceremony my farin, my family had me for dinner mm-hmm. and we were all so happy and they're like oh ryan you're graduating from such a good school and it's like i am fucking devastated that yeah. i will never see some of these great people like for a long time which of course you know it's not Super true. Yeah,
3: like. no, and you know I, I hate that uh I don't have as much of that connection with my school. You know, it's I, I enjoyed being at ET, but I never I never felt like I I got into that college experience that you think of or watching the movies. You know, mm-hmm. I I didn't have that like and maybe it's cuz I was at a big school near my hometown or something, but like you know, I, you know, I gained a lot of new friends while I was in college and stuff, but it was mostly people outside of that college atmosphere you know I met people at work or you know doing things like that I never actually got that involved in my school you know it was such a big school you know it was pretty easy to just kind of float on by and like mm-hmm. maybe not even know that many people in your graduating class plus it's a huge graduating class you know whereas I know uh, Davidson you know a little bit more tighter close-knit right which I sometimes makes me wish maybe I tried out a smaller school you know, I mm-hmm. thought about maybe going off, you know, and originally that was my plan was to go off for college as well, so.
0: Yeah, actually, let's, let's go to that more. Uh,
3: yeah, okay. What
0: made you pick UT and, like, just run me through what your college process was like going Yeah, so, school?
3: um. You're uh, genera- the- a your first
0: generation college yeah, student. Yeah,
3: I sure am, right. yeah. I'm a first generation college student. I'm the first person in my family, my whole family, even extended to graduate college. That's amazing, man. Um. Except I have a, I have a cousin that graduated, um, but well, like, spe- specifically like <laughs> my mom's side of the family and stuff, like I have like people I barely know contact me like, Joe, you're the one that's in college, you know, you're going to do it. And I'm like, whew, okay. So, you know, I, there was always a lot of stress on me to go to school. My mom always wanted me, you know, to go to college. So I was, and I was a great student in high school. Um, you know, I, I, everything I did, you know, was preparing for college, you know, to do well, um. But uh, I really wanted to go to a school kind of far off. Like maybe, you know, my favorite one was the University of Chicago, Illinois. I wanted to go there so bad. It's a hard school to get into, mm-hmm. hard school to get paid for, too, because yeah. it's very expensive. And, you know, I think I, I had a full ride to Alabama. And I was, was going to be pre-law at the time, and they have a great law program. So that was the plan for a while. Um, and then I just, I don't know, the closer it got... To me picking my school, UT, offered me a full ride, no out-of-state tuition. I didn't have a car or anything, and my parents pretty much could not help me out, out at all financially. So just kind of having the, the thing to lean on that I know people in Knoxville. I knew who my roommate was going to be. It was going to be okay to not have a car there because I have family close by. I don't know, just all those things kind of pushed me towards going to UT, which I, I kind of resented for a while, maybe still a little bit. Do a little bit now, yeah. but um, yeah. So that was kind of my whole process of gotcha. looking at school um, and going there. Because I mean, it, it was nice to have. I mean, UT is a pretty good school. You know, it's a big state university, so it was it was nice to have something like that an hour away. You know, it's not like I, you know, you know, I, I don't know. It wasn't like I had to go that far off to still go to a pretty good school. So <laughs> I, I felt good that I was still at least going to a school where I could get a pretty good education.
0: And it's a known entity. Like, exactly. Not just yeah, yeah. to your family and everyone else around the area, mm-hmm. but to you. Like, you know the area, you know the people. Mm-hmm. It's like you're mitigating your risk a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah. that—that's—that's that's really. I mean, that's really sensible. I, yeah, yeah,
3: and I guess it, it's one of those things where, like, maybe I—I uh, I make the more logical decision, even though in my head I wish I was off making more uh, risky decisions. But you know, I, I guess I just didn't think it was going to be very practical with me without a car or any parents that can help me financially to try to move to Chicago or, you know, go down to Alabama on my own. You know, so mm. so I kind of ended up just sticking around, which you know it worked out, but. Yeah. Uh,
0: did you feel i've talked to people who are from knoxville went to university of tennessee mm-hmm. and they say it's a different enough world to where you're not so stuck or it's not so insular as high school felt would you say the same for yourself that it was different enough from where you grew up to where yeah it was certainly it was different a, it was different like enough because i mean i moved
3: from Athens, which is about an hour away and there's nothing to do there i love and actually that's that's a big part of it is I don't love the University of Tennessee, but I actually do love Knoxville. I like Knoxville a lot. You know, I love the old city. I love downtown. You know, that, that's much more my scene. Like, I don't love the Strip, like, where university is and, like, where everybody goes out there. But I love, you know, the old city and downtown. And that's what I mean by, like, I, you know, I found myself falling less and less in love with the idea of UT and more and more in love with the idea of Knoxville. So I, I do like Knoxville, even though, you know, I do eventually want to leave. So um, I did like that you know it was pretty different you know it's a i mean college in general no matter where you go is a totally different atmosphere than high school for the most part you know you're still meeting a whole bunch of new people living on your own for the first time and you know things are constantly changing yeah and you're (laughs) You're you're
0: confronted with like the challenge of defining yourself
3: And, like, what do I want to major in? What do I want to do? That was probably my biggest challenge Uh, with school is I don't know, the expectation of what you're supposed to do. And, like, I felt like I spent all of school chasing what's that degree, what's that major I want, what's going to be that one major that tells me exactly the one job I need. And I think I was looking at that Mm -hmm. completely wrong, and I look at it a little differently now, whereas I look at it more like um, I feel like we're so – Obsessed with this idea of what did you study specifically? What's that major? When you know, I think it is so much more important. You know, how did how well did you do in school? What kind of things were you interested in? What kind of ex- uh, what kind of experience do you have? And you know, just kind of what you set out to try to do right. instead of. I don't know. I thought I was gonna like. It it it's so stupid. I th- I think of this thing where, I think it's so much more important to figure out. The reasons why you would want to do a p- particular job. And that's what you should look for in a job, not a certain job because it's a certain job. You know, does that make sense?
0: Like you should, you should make a list of things you like want in your life, and mm-hmm. you should find a job that matches up with that yeah. more so than right than one like ultimate job fulfilling exactly. that fulfills it, your destiny that fulfills like some I like had, hero's journey. In your it's like I had life. a
3: friend who is a an aerospace engineer major. He knew exactly what he was gonna set out to try to do. And I was like I was like a business slash English film major thing. So it was like, What are you gonna do? And I'm like, I don't know. And I was like, I don't know what the one job is I wanna do. And I started looking at it a little differently. I was like, Well, I like working with people. I like managing, developing employees, I like just kinda being in a social atmosphere, customer service I love. So I was like, Okay, you know, what are things that could work with that? And you know, of course there's a lot of things. So that really kind of opened up a lot more opportunity for me, and that's what I started looking for with jobs. So,
0: It opens more doors than rather confining you into, yeah like, a very, I don't know, like a box of an identity. Mm
3: -hmm. Which I think is why I like studying arts and sciences and business, you know, they're pretty broad, give you a lot of opportunities, a lot of options. I I specifically liked that a lot.
0: I was going to ask you what your major was, but I already kind of knew. Well,
3: yeah, so it's, you know, I I did... uh, film uh that was actually my major um which surprises everyone Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's kind of a new program at ut um and then my minor was uh business administration gotcha so pretty much a business minor so but even though the minor was pretty extensive so it felt more like a major at times so i sometimes just say i double majored but (laughs) you know (laughs) i'll say whatever i want really because oh god Um,
0: the most annoying part of some of like your decisions are for whatever reason how other people will react to them or ask about them yeah like, exactly i know at graduation the question that bugged me most was like oh so what are you going to do because oh. you know it precipitates whatever this person's yeah. doing like going off to thailand or yeah. um you know doing some other amazing thing but i'm going to ask you why you majored in film but before that mm-hmm. i'm going to ask how did you feel about people reacting to your choice of major
3: um I don't know. I, I literally would lie sometimes about what yeah. my major was, because I hated the response. Like, well, what are you going to find a job in with that? And I'm like, I guess the same thing every other arts and science major is going to do, right? Like, every English major. It's it, and That's the thing. The film degree is pretty much English, history, like a bunch of interdisciplinary stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just... I hated that <laughs> I hated when people be like, well, what are you going to do with that? And I'd be like, well, I'm also doing business. And they'd be like, oh, okay, good for you. And they'd just like totally forget about the first part. Uh, yeah. That's exactly how it would go every time. And you just
0: steer them into a good, like, I'm Some, taken care of. Sometimes
3: I, I think I just picked up that business part to get them to shut up about the film thing. <laughs> fair enough, man. Which, which I love business, to be fair. So it's yeah. not just that, but I don't know. It, it did give me more of a sense of security. You know, mm-hmm. I felt like it was going to be easier to find a job the more versatile I was and you know the job i did while i was in school also helped a lot with that so just having some experience so gotcha.
0: i mean i fa- if it weren't for me failing computer science i would have tried to minor in computer science yeah but i also kind of wanted to fail it yeah <laughs> So, <laughs> so oh, i dear. get that self-fulfilling prophecy kind yeah of thing.
3: No, I know. Th- i think that's what a big part of it was so i would do i would
0: do want to ask you about your mm-hmm. work history before we go on okay but uh, since you are a film major, mm-hmm. I wanted to do some really quick one-word reviews of some classic movies.
3: Oh, one-word reviews? One-word reviews. This is literally my favorite game.
0: <laughs> one-word movie review. Rapid I love fire, this. rapid fire. The Godfather, part one. Perfect. Lady Bird. Amazing. Eraserhead.
3: Uh, contraception. <laughs> do I'll the right... explain if you <laughs> want me to. <laughs> Maybe later.
0: Do the right thing. Uh, Timely. Battleship Potemkin. Fucked
3: up. (laughs) Hell yeah. Inception. (laughs) Overrated. Paddington 2. Haven't seen. I know, it's a shame. I gotta see it. I know, I gotta see it. (laughs) Jody.
0: Did you know Paddington 2 is the film of our generation? Yes, I know. (laughs) Film studies major. It is
3: probably the critically best reviewed movie of the year so far I mean I gotta see it it's at the top of my list I you know I'm having to pay for movies now again so I really got to get on top of it where am I take it easy now you gave us a wee scare but you're home now home?
0: So, I did a little digging. You had a podcast yes. called Burn After Watching.
3: That is true.
0: And I read some reviews, and your favorite director is Paul Thomas Anderson, is that correct? Yes, it is, yeah. Love Tell him. me why about why you like him so much.
3: Um, I don't know, I think he has such a grip on, I don't know, just the way people feel and how to, I don't know, channel those feelings and capture them and kind of portray them on screen. I think he's... I think he's the best modern American filmmaker. I don't know. He just like, uh, have you ever seen Magnolia?
0: I have not, but I read your review. Yeah, it's it, probably it's probably really my favorite nice.
3: film. I don't know. I, I just I think it's just such a great example of. Um, I mean, just everything. That's the thing. It's such an ambitious movie. It it mm-hmm. it's an ensemble cast. You have like these eight different characters going through these critically uh different moments of their life but all like just so important and it's just such a i don't know he makes me feel is how i describe it but he's also so capable of being more cold like someone like stanley kubrick i don't know if you've ever seen like like in the master or there will be blood you know he's got these big american Mm -hmm. epics where he's uh you know you know just directing some of the best actors of the generation like daniel day lewis and philip seymour hoffman and he just captures these like crazy themes of like obsession and uh greed and i don't know i i think he's next level yeah he's he's easily my favorite to watch and then he'll turn around and make something like boogie nights about the porn industry (laughs) you know which is like his his good fellas you know so it's i don't know i think he's great
0: that's awesome i read your review and i can't pull any specific quotes from it Mm because i'm not like an actual journalist Mm -hmm. but uh, what I took away from it, just about the movie, was that with all those intersecting storylines mm-hmm. and all those like, I don't know, there are tons of characters in that movie, and yeah. tons of threads, but it just seems to unearth the humanity, and
2: mm-hmm.
0: I just, I guess, people guard so much on a day-to-day basis, but in the most mundane of situations, and then really, in in such a condensed space too, is just kind of, that was fascinating to me to kind of witness your, yeah, no, and, and, to that. and I
3: think it's such a. I mean, it's so crazy because, I mean, it's my favorite Tom Cruise performance. And so you have these moments where you have a moment as insignificant. It's still significant, but it's as, like, small as, like, a young boy on a game show. And then you have a moment as significant as Tom Cruise dealing with his father dying on his deathbed. And I don't know, it's cutting back and forth between these moments and showing how these two people feel so similar in that moment. And I don't know, it's just... I don't know, it's beautiful. I think it's... uh, everyone should watch it it's over three hours long so it's a little bit of a (laughs) a little bit of a commitment but it's terrific Mm. but yeah i guess i'm kind of drawn to him just because he he captures the way people feel i don't know so well Mm. and just like portrays a life so just accurately i think
0: yeah I got from Wikipedia, mm-hmm. a very credited source, um, yeah. <laughs> or it has credible sources, but uh, I was, what, what quote that stood out to me was, Among the themes dealt with in Anderson's films are dysfunctional family relationships, alienation, surrogate families, regret, loneliness, destiny, the power of forgiveness, and ghosts of the past. Uh, in Boogie Nights, Magnolia Punched... This is another point. Mm-hmm. In Boogie Nights, Magnolia Punch Drunk Love and The Master... The phrase, I didn't do anything, is used at least once, developing themes of responsibility and denial. So those are pretty, like, broad, universal yeah. themes. Yeah. But you're like you said, he does it, he can find the thread in, in so different of contexts. Like yeah, exactly. Like great western to, like a film about the porn industry.
3: Exactly, yeah. And that's, I don't know, I think that's it's funny because you hear like that many themes that are that broad and you're like, this guy is going too broad, you know, that how do you pull this off? And that's, that's where I think his ambition comes in. And, you know, he's compared to Orson Welles a lot who, you know, is a pretty big name to be compared he's to a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, and I, I think it's accurate because he just, I don't know, he so goes so big with his ideas and like, you know, it's so difficult to uh, portray things like, these dysfunctional families and denial and you know um responsibility and things like that and portray it in a nuanced way like Mm -hmm. how do you make that uh fresh and creative i don't know i think he's constantly doing that even with his most recent film last year phantom thread which was you know so strange and Mm -hmm. so beautiful i don't know i just
0: all about a dysfunctional relationship exactly
3: specifically a romantic one Mm -hmm. and it's i don't know it's just
0: It's so interesting too because with that kind of thing I know as a, like an amateur artist like mm-hmm. to tackle something like a dysfunctional family or abuse in like families like that's that's heavy stuff like there's I feel I run such the risk of exploiting it in a way of like yeah no you making see. it a caricature so like I can Induce some big moral. Alarm.
3: No, for sure, and you know, I, I think I connect with it because I mean, I always connect with movies about these dysfunctional families and hectic, you know, uh, life uh, lives, specifically of children. I think because I relate to it greatly, mm-hmm. but also, you know, it's funny because Paul Thomas Anderson doesn't come from that kind of home at all. So it's 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 funny how he captures this perspective, and is such a great writer, even though he really I don't think lived that perspective at all. Mm-hmm. So, but.
0: And from what I
3: from the research I
0: did, a little I did very little research, mind you, audience, um, <laughs> but he only took two classes at film school.
3: Yeah, yeah, he dropped out yeah, and just, you know, he he made it. he made uh, Hard Eight his first film at 26, the same age Orson Welles was when he made Citizen Kane. Wow. Um, another comparison there. <laughs> you know, and yeah, I mean, it's kind of awesome. But,
0: yeah, well, so as a film major, mm-hmm. uh, how do you what do you think of, like, your, your, one of your film heroes, like, kind of roughing it, and was that... And not doing pl- that? And, and not doing, like, a similar path, like, yeah, what was playing in your mind no. when you decided so I, to...
3: You know, I constantly was, like, and, I mean, I did this for various reasons, but I was, like, why am I even in school? You know, I, uh, I, I, not everyone even knows this, but I dropped out at one point, um, hmm. and went back later, but, um... You know, I, I was less on the... I mean, I did took a lot of production courses, and I'm obviously interested in production, but I was actually more on the side of academics, um, you know, writing on it and analysis and things like that, and that's something I felt like I did need to go to school for. Like, if I was primarily interested in production, yeah, sure, I should move out west and, or down to Atlanta and get started, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that is what you need is experience with that, even though I think school can help, certainly. Mm-hmm. You learn a lot of things, um, but... I think with writing, you know, the things like all this studying you do under some of these great academics. Like I was so lucky. My favorite thing about being in the film program at UT was I had two amazing professors. I had Chuck Mayland, who is now on the process of reti- in the process of retiring, who's pretty much the aficionado for Charlie Chaplin in the whole country. Really. And he's the head of the film program there, but he's now on his way out. But yeah, he wrote the book Chaplin in American Culture. He wrote Film in American Culture he's he's also a uh, big aficionado on James AG who is a script writer from uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I really loved being able to study under people like him and Chris Homeland and uh, who she's she's a, she's a great one. She's uh <laughs> she's um she's written like a book on action cinema and things like that. She loves Stallone and uh Jean-Claude uh, Van Damme who I wrote like a a big like thesis paper on and I don't know. I just really loved uh, the professors I had, so that kind of made me stick it out because I felt like it's strange, but it felt like academic side of film made more sense to go to school for it than the production side. But you know, I still did take production classes and whatnot. But Definitely.
0: what what was your thesis paper on John Claude Van Damme? Right? Oh, I just
3: wrote about him as a uh, as a star in star um, star image in film. So I wrote about him in like ten different movies he's in, and just wrote about how. You know, you watch a movie with John Claude Van Damme and you don't think about his character names, you think this is John Claude Van Damme. So I just wrote about how but again, that's even though you're referring to the character as the actor, that's not actually who the actor is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it's kind of like if I had to compare it to someone more recent, you know, I think we do that sometimes with Tom Cruise now or mm. maybe someone like The Rock we kind of do it with
0: I call it Mark Wahlberg syndrome.
3: Yeah, yeah. I it. And you know, um, not that these people aren't capable of great acting or playing into a character, but I don't know, you just you think of them as this is Jean-Claude Van Damme in a movie. I mean, you could literally just name the character Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm-hmm. And so I just wrote a lot about stars as image and how stars were, you know, you have two people. You have Jean-Claude Van Damme the human being and then you have Jean-Claude Van Damme JCBD, the icon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I just wrote a bunch on that. It was probably the most fun paper I ever wrote. <laughs> Hell yeah!
0: So, I had no idea, and you, like you even said this that you don't mention that you dropped out mm-hmm. at one point. Um, I sure did. Yeah. Can we can we talk more about that? Sure. What, was there um, like a a moment you were like, "Fuck this"? Or
3: yeah, well, I mean, I, I dealt with depression a lot in college, and I I constantly. Um, even though I had a lot of friends and stuff, and was very—I'm so, a very social person—I would just go through these periods where I was like, "You—you you build up college your whole life, thinking it has to be this certain thing. You make all these friends, you're very involved, you're—I you, don't know, you know what I mean? You watch yeah. a movie and you have an idea, and I'm a big movie person, so mm-hmm. I have all these constructs in my head, giving me these fake ideas, and I'm really bad about getting—and that's what I was talking about, being in a transition period, and thinking about how I think it should be and not how it is, instead of making the best of how it is." Thinking how how terrible I think it is in comparison to what I pictured it.
0: What the expectation were like you yeah. should be
3: exactly yeah. So even if it doesn't make sense, like you these unreal expectations, you know. And I guess everything goes back to that being insecure and whatnot. But um, so I just was constantly like, why am I even in school? What am I going to find a job in? Like I don't. Need, I keep changing my major. What am I doing? Why am I here? Which is on one hand I guess a little like I'm sitting here going to school for free because I was a good student and I'm gonna waste it away but on the other hand I was like what what am I gonna do am I just gonna be another I really was scared of all these statistics of another college kid in debt with a degree mm-hmm. that he can't find a job in um, and then uh, I was raised by my grandmother okay. I was very close to my grandmother and she died uh, January of 2015 which was the second semester of my sophomore year I pretty much went on a downhill from there, so and sorry. then dropped out. Halfway through the fall semester of that following year, I went really down low at that point, dropped out, didn't tell anyone.
0: You did, like the first semester of your junior year. Yeah, yeah. I
3: didn't tell anyone for m- a month or two.
0: A month or two.
3: Yeah, even if I was living with a family at the time, and I didn't—they didn't even know. I would leave every day and act like I was going to school. Wow. Um... What would you do on those days? I mean, sometimes i just go to work. Sometimes i just go see movies. Um, mm-hmm. But I left school thinking... Uh, I did it in a good way, though. I, I got approval from UT to come back and be able to appeal to get my scholarships back later. But they said I had to go to therapy for it. So I eventually started therapy. Um, but anyway, uh, I left. I never told my dad. My dad, to this day who was at my graduation eight weeks ago, still does not know that I dropped out.
0: Mr. Chris, please don't listen to <laughs>
3: <laughs> Which is crazy. I, my mom didn't find out for a long time either. Um, nuts. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, but I, I eventually, uh, it was a bad year. I just mm-hmm. worked a lot. I didn't feel, I kind of just feel like it was wasted time, so I kind of regret it. But at the same time, if I kept going to school, I was just going to keep doing terribly. Yeah. But I ended up going back, and I finished so I mean that's more I guess some can say but uh, I guess that that whole year though I felt pretty shitty because I'd have family that contact me that didn't even know I quit school. You know when are you gonna graduate and you're, you're the only one in school and you know I'd have people be like your grandmother was so proud of you that you were in school you know and I was, ah, it was the worst feeling.
0: That's so much expectation the whole day. Yeah, first, yeah first and your and I think to part of it
3: was just like I don't want this on me. I don't want to do it now but you yeah, know I don't want
0: this image or like this again like the I don't want to be the hero that's kind of supposed to be
3: yeah well in that year just life. kind of not doing anything I was like what am I doing like why not just be in school right now like yeah. I'm unhappy working why not be unhappy and still in school at least <laughs> and working towards them that's pretty much how yeah. I looked at it you know cause I mean it's not like I magically got better on my year off and then went back and was like I'm good you uh, know yeah. <laughs> that's not exactly what happened but you know Again, I mean, I was very lucky to be able to appeal to get my scholarships back and still graduate. You know, I ended up actually going a little bit in debt, yeah. even though I had the opportunity not to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that kind of sucks, but, you know.
0: But again, that's, like, yeah. pretty normal. Yeah, exactly. That's that's, that's pretty
3: normal. So, you know, it's not a huge deal. I have a degree, you know. I mean, so that's nice. Um, that's super nice. So, yeah, I finished. Uh, it was a weird ride to it, though. But, yeah, I ended up graduating in five years but technically i only went for four years mm-hmm. so i kind of graduated on time is yeah. what i tell people <laughs> hey no i so
0: honestly overcoming like a meaningful obstacle like that kind of grief of losing a loved one and then even dropping out and going mm-hmm. go, deciding to go back into it in the face of being like oh man like i i feel almost embarrassed even mm-hmm. though like again no one really knows um yeah. That's more impressive to me than yeah, like and uh, someone I, just schlepping their believe way. Believe it or not, it makes for a
3: hell of an interview uh, topic. <laughs> I mean, I I interview so well, like in job. I'm, I'm talking about job oh, interviews, okay. it's not like this interview specifically. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's good for this too. But I just mean like job interviews. Uh, you know, they'd be like, "What's a moment you faced adversity?" And I'm like, "Well, fuck, here goes." <laughs> you know, like uh, <laughs> so I'll just like go on that, and you know, and I. It's, it's a little, you know, some people might look at it as a gamble because, like, you're going to tell them you left school at one point, and I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. going to be honest with them, but I'm also going to tell them, hey, I came back, and, you know, um, and I finished. So, you know, I don't know. I think it is, like, kind of a moment of facing adversity because, you know, it's so so many people leave school and don't come back, and, you know, that's okay. But, you know, I think it's – there's a lot of people who want to go back and feel like they can't, so. Definitely.
0: The retention rate for first-generation students is alarmingly low. Yeah. A lot no, of schools don't well, have the resources to handle and help those kids. Yeah, don't.
3: especially when it's a huge school, right? You yeah, know, yeah. And that's uh and that was another thing. It was like I was like, I do want to finish, you know, as a first generation student. Like it's gonna be cool to do it. And you know, I I didn't really wanna walk eight weeks ago, but you know, I had family driving down from Baltimore wow. <laughs> to come to my graduation. So it was a big deal for my family. So I ended up walking. You know, it wasn't too bad. Um
0: well, yeah. congratulations and thank you for sharing that, man. Yeah.
3: Um we might talk
0: about it more, we might not, but that's a lot to share. Thank you. Yeah. Um so you mentioned work. You yes. worked during that period. Yes. And I know you worked at Regal Cinemas. You
3: know it. Talk to me about that. When did you start there? Uh, I started there my first semester of my sophomore year. I was at downtown West Eight Art House Theater. Ooh. Play, you know, foreign films, documentaries, Oscar movies, you know. The good ones. The uh, ones um, that a film school you student know, Exactly. Like. <laughs> I was like, it makes sense for me to be here. I'll get free movies. It's a good part-time job. I was like, all right, I'll do this. I'll work minimum wage to watch movies for free. Um, you know, I did that for a year and then got promoted to management. And I was a manager there for about another three years. So, um, and believe it or not, as much as my degree helped me get a job, without that management experience for three years, like managing employees, hiring them, developing them and stuff, I don't know if I would have been as marketable for jobs. So I kind of owe that management position. I'd say it's about 75% degree, 25% that, gotcha. if I had to say anything. Because, um, you know, they want you to have a degree, a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. They just want you to have a degree. And then that management experience kind of would put me over Yeah. and help me a little bit. The so. degree gets your foot in the door. Exactly, yeah. And then... The, exp- uh, the experience management experience is what would be like, oh, okay, you can do this. So that helped. Um, and I loved the job. I loved it. It was fun. I just left six, seven weeks ago, so I stuck it out with the company the whole time, which also looked good, because I stuck with one company for four years. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, In the midst of that adversity. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah,
3: I never left the work. I never left the job, you know, because I couldn't afford to. <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, I also yeah. didn't. I, you know, I like working. Um, but... Yeah, it's so funny because I started that job not caring just because I was like, oh, I need a job to have some money. And that job ended up kind of helping me start my career. So kind of a big deal.
2: Yeah.
0: Like you said, it helped you find that list of things you want in a job and those skills.
3: That's exactly right. It helped me figure out, oh, I love customer service. I like working with other people. I love, you know, these – you know, these HR elements, like hiring employees, counseling them, you know, helping them develop their career, you know, those are all the things that I like doing, and I was like, oh, okay, so maybe I should just do that, (laughs) is what I kind of came upon one day, Uh, so, yeah.
0: Instead of finding the one right position, you find the things you like, and then a place where you're like, okay, I can do this thing you're asking. Exactly right. And maybe I can learn some new stuff. It's
3: like, maybe I can do these things I like at this job and maybe there'll be new things i like at this job too so
0: yeah. or find things you don't like yeah which can be just as helpful exactly yeah exactly
3: it's like oh i don't want to do that you know ever again So exactly yeah <laughs> don't want butter on my suit uh what's the weirdest
0: thing that happened at the movie theater i had
3: to clean up shit <laughs> wait where in the theater in the uh bathroom oh <laughs> It's actually a sad story. It's an elderly man shut in the bathroom on accident. Oh, that's not as funny. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. But (laughs) (laughs) it's funny that I had to clean it up, I guess. Um, Wait,
0: was it on... I don't know. I don't want to know where it was. It was terrible. Uh, It was everywhere. I know a friend who works at a grocery store, or used to, said that he just... He had it on the wall. He had to clean it off.
3: (laughs) And it's... Wow, that's pretty... I don't know... How does that happen? I don't. You know? I don't know. I don't know what... I figured we'd talk about shit on the walls at some point during the interview. I
0: have in bold, all caps, shit on wall when? <laughs> Question mark. So I'm glad. It's funny. I coming, saw that coming, note coming and thought up. you
3: were gonna put shit on my wall. So I'm well, glad that just we're just talking wait, about Judy, it. just you wait, Just
0: you wait. It's not over yet. <laughs> um, and I don't know where you get at that point in your life where you're just getting shit on the wall. Yeah. I, God bless those who are at that point. I hope you're not there. Um, so, was the Regal job your first job, or did you um, have a job so you worked as a So teenager?
3: technically, the summer, uh, the first job I ever had was the summer right before that one. So in, huh. be- in between my sophomore or my freshman and sophomore year, I worked at Denso Manufacturing, which was a uh, factory job, <laughs> and I worked 66-hour weeks on third shift for what? about two or three months. What's third shift? 7 p.m. to 7 a.m.
0: Was this during the school year, or during the summer?
3: Summer before sophomore year. Of college. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: Wait, is that, how much were you getting paid? Like, was it, like, an internship? Was it a, no,
3: actually, it was, it was a full-time I, job? I just went on a factory line as a temp just oh, to make God. some money.
0: Talk to me about that. That um, was
3: the worst three months of my life. You, you, wanna, you want some perspective on why you should finish your degree? Do that. For yeah. three months, you know, I I what's an average day? Of I that respect like? the hell out of people who do that their whole life, you know. Yeah. And
0: what's a, What's an average day of that look
3: like? I was literally on a one spot line where I worked over by myself for a corner, and I literally did the same monotonous thing for about ten to twelve hours every single night, six to seven nights a week. It was the worst. What
0: was the monotonous thing?
3: I literally would plug five wires into this uh, oven. If it tested right, I passed it on. If it didn't, I put it in the no-go pile. And I would literally just do that. And there were an endless amount of parts to test. And when it, I'd go 12 hours without speaking a word. To anybody? No, to anyone. I wasn't near anyone. I was just over in my spot. Wait, the manager what? would walk by every two hours or so and see what work I got done.
0: Would he, like, check in on you? Like, hey, are right, like, you, Or just be like... He'd nah. be like,
3: all right. Yeah, it was, I mean, I'm serious, It's the worst thing ever.
0: You were not near any, what was the, the closest person to you? Like, where were they? 20 feet.
3: Wow. But they were over there doing a monotonous thing themselves.
0: That's, yeah. Jesus. Shout out to all the factory workers here. Got I mean, here. I was
3: like, God, I cannot believe it. I mean, and I, I had at least the silver lining of like, one more month, you know, two more months, I'm done. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I just can't imagine being like I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life. Whoo!
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
3: maybe that's me being privileged saying that, but I mean, I just I I just know that I wouldn't want to do that. No, you it, know,
0: and you can be privileged and say like that's uh, to ha- look forward to that drudgery for the rest of your life. I mean, at that point, I hope the meaning is like outside of the job. Like it has to be. Like yeah. you have to have a family to work for in order. For exactly. That to be yeah.
3: No, that's for sure. They. I mean, they're probably not very. It's probably not a... I don't think it's a career-driven thing. It's probably a money-motivated thing, I'm sure. Because, I mean, you can make good money doing that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. If you move up, your wage goes up, maybe, you know. Get in a management position doing that. Still working 60 hours a week. I mean, I was getting paid $9 an hour, and I was getting $700 a week paychecks. Mm -hmm. It's pretty crazy. You know, that's, that's a lot of money. But, God, I just couldn't... I mean and it was third shift so like I mean it's hard to have much of a life yeah like there's this woman who worked on my line who had three kids and I mean she, she never saw him.
2: Oh my
0: god.
3: yeah it's rough that's where my dad works does
0: he still work there
3: no oh, okay mm-hmm. he's on disability now gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah he was there while I was there I think that's probably why my dad's on disability now is that job
0: just doing the same physical motion yeah. over and over again. It's mm-hmm. not good. I mean, he was
3: in a management position, he was doing a little bit more walking around, but just those crazy hours so often, third shift. I and mean, we're not naturally built to be on third shift, you know. Yeah. We're programmed over generations and generations to be awake during the day. We
0: biologically need sunlight. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, you're not lights.
3: meant to do that for years and years. Yeah. So but
0: so you hit upon a really a thing I thought about a lot with the premise of this show this Mm -hmm. question that's really guided me what are you going to do with your life what are you going to be when you grow up is that it is a very privileged thing like for most of human history most people did what their parents did Mm -hmm. which was either like be a royal
3: or work in the fields some kind of journeyman career thing like if your dad was a shop owner you were a shop owner yeah
0: you would learn this craft you would apprentice with someone and that's that but now I wonder how much we've really moved from that. I mean, for some people there's a lot of mobility, but it does seem to be still pretty rigid in terms of like what are you going to do with your life? I mean, I, I mean, you if, know, it's if, limited options
3: still. If you and you can think about it with the same thing. I mean, yes, I mean it's it's uh, the US, so I mean sure we're more privileged than most, you mm-hmm. know, most other people in the world, but like like you said if you just look at the statistics of the likelihood uh, the child of two college graduates, engineers, or lawyers, their likelihood that kid goes to college as opposed to two unemployed or, like, never got college degrees or factory worker people. Like, I mean, mm. it's pretty different, you know? Yeah. Um, Significant difference. So, but, I mean, you do, I mean, that's to say, like, you don't have a chance to go to college or something. You know, there's plenty of people who go first generation and Definitely. graduate and stuff. Oh, well, shit, I did, but, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but, know but, I mean, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's certainly and I mean I'm I'm a white man, so I'm I'm certainly given every piece of gold and opportunity in the world. You Same, know, maybe yeah. not social class as a kid, you know. Like I grew up, you know, pretty rough home and stuff, but mm-hmm. like when you look at like there's so many people that are just set up to fail in the world, even in mm-hmm. our country. And you know, I don't know, it's pretty shitty.
0: And how um I mean, African, I mean, African American men are disproportionately imprisoned. Um, on that, yeah, and, I mean, and,
3: and take away, you know, opportunities to, I mean, for jobs and academics. I mean, just surviving is different, you know, for minorities in the United States. And yeah. I don't know, it's just kind of.
0: You have a brake light out and you get pulled over by a policeman. Like, yeah. you don't know. You yeah, know I, I don't
3: have people. to hyperventilate when I'm getting pulled over at a traffic stop because I'm about to lose my life. Pretty much.
2: Yeah.
0: And even the communities there have been so besieged by, um, it's like racist policies, discriminatory mm-hmm. policies. Well, then
3: you have, like, uh, these, like, gentrification happening in these big cities where you have, like, mm-hmm. the poor. I mean, we constantly have the poor getting poorer and the rich getting richer. Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't know. It's nuts.
0: I, I, someone put it to me recently, you know, with the, uh, People who live under the bridge in Knoxville, Mm -hmm. kind of near um, Jackson. Yeah. Um, Like, they, I mean, they were, I mean, when people say they cleaned up the old city, that basically means they pushed a lot of the homeless people out of there to that region where they're now, like, in an area where a bunch of grifters and just any kind of person looking to, like, kind of use someone or manipulate someone can Mm -hmm. go to these people who are displaced.
3: And my brother was living down there for a little while really and um and i mean he would just tell me stories about like and i'm just like that's, uh, that's scary you know it's rough he he was living he was staying in the homeless shelter right across from the bridge wow and i'm just like you know god it's just so i don't know hard to think about there's so many people like what opportunities do you have at that point you know that's Oh, uh, scary
0: so zooming back zooming back out mm-hmm. it is scary yeah. um zooming back out maybe mm-hmm. something a little less scary to you home let's talk about the idea of home for you and the, your community why would you describe the community you grew up in because well first we're gonna go there but first can you pinpoint for me or kind of trace out the chronology of where you lived because yeah. you said you lived in athens at one point and then you considered norris Well, this, this is complicated <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> go
3: for it. Uh, i moved around a lot as a kid. Uh, kind of dysfunctional home. Mother and dad, several divorces, several step parents, several. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like to make jokes about it. Um, moved all over East Tennessee every other year or so. So I, I live in Clinton one year, uh, Norris. Moved back and forth mostly between Norris and uh, Athens, though.
0: Did it? vary between which parents you would move with? Were you always moving with your dad? Or? Uh,
3: my mom had full custody. My yeah. dad always lived in Athens, but my mom would move back and forth between the two. Mostly like if she got married or something. Gotcha. Um, though, one consistent thing in my life probably was my grandmother. Mm-hmm. I, she was always around. She'd always live with my mom and I and my brothers and sisters. Or uh, I, actually my senior year we kind of decided my brother and I couldn't really be around each other. So my brother lived with my mom in one apartment in the apartment complex, and my grandmother lived up the street in a different apartment, and I lived with my grandmother. Okay. So um, so I was very close to my grandmother. That's kind of... I called my... It's funny. I called my dad, dad, my mom, uh, mommy, and my uh, grandmother was mom. I just called her mom. And the reason I call her mom is because I grew up with my mom calling her mom, because it was her mom. Yeah. And then I just kind of developed calling her mom. So... Um, so I guess And you were asking about the concept of home to me Yeah so the, um, the concept of home of me is very strange Because um, And of course I'm just going to quote movies to describe it yes, please. Um, But but anyway I just uh, um, I moved around so much I never had like that concrete place or Like my grandparents On my dad's side Lived on this farm their whole lives so that was kind of consistent in my life but I still didn't consider it my home because I never Mm -hmm. it wasn't my home you know I didn't love it there Um, and they sold that farm two years ago Um, but my uh, so since I moved around a lot I didn't grow up in one specific house or apartment or really even area because we moved around so much I guess I my concept of home was just being around my grandmother and my mom and my sister and my brother it was kind of the concept for me and I've, I don't feel like I have it anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's something I wrestle with a lot because my grandmother's gone. Yeah. So that was a big part of it. Um, my brothers, I mean, it's probably getting older too. But like my, my mom lives with her husband, and she has a new kid. Uh, my youngest sister Orca, who I love, mm-hmm. a three and a half year old Um, and then my sister you know is obviously getting older so I I visit there and I just feel like I'm visiting family I don't feel like I'm home you know so that's I feel like I don't have a place to visit that's my home you know and that kind of (laughs) sucks but Mm -hmm. um,
0: it is like you said a natural thing because
3: once mm -hmm. you're out of school
0: home is not like it's it's definitely something that you're not kind of supposed to be at you, yeah. Like, you're supposed to go out into the world, find a job, and kind of start Make making your, new your own. new home, yeah. Right. You
3: know, and that's, that's, that's what you chase, I guess, you know. Or some people chase it, you know. It, it doesn't have to be a – you can move around a lot and still have, like, a feeling of home, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. another person or uh, – I mean, it could even be a work. I mean, if you're that career-driven and you love your work, I mean, moving around a lot, that could be, like, your feeling of being comfortable, you know. I think mm-hmm. home's just more about being comfortable in a – like a, a situation you know gotcha
0: and with that the i would argue the people you're with too yeah oh, um, certainly. Right. and uh, again i'm sorry to hear about your grandmother yeah, um yeah. and i i am privileged enough to know a home like a physical house i go to mm-hmm. like we've lived in the same house in knoxville for like since i was in fifth grade we all used to live mm-hmm. in new jersey but There is something about like I'm I'm living at home right now too right after Mm -hmm. I worked for a year in North Carolina and helping um, first generation low income kids apply to college. Mm -hmm. Funnily enough, Uh, but I am very I feel good that I have a place to go and my family is there like my mom, dad, and sister are all there and the dogs love my dogs Um, Sydney and Cooper shout out to them, but (laughs) I even then like it's still strange to me it's mm-hmm. still like i know this place so well um and it's really interesting hearing you fall in love with it because i i love it but i'm also like I, I know this place there's no there's not a real sense of mystery in the, like the place itself but there's a mystery of me and like what's my place in this
3: yeah and you know this thing that's really familiar and I, i've kind of started to feel that way with Knoxville. So, you know yeah I, i'm it's like i made it sound like i you know i'm I've been pretty set on getting out for a while. <laughs> yeah. So and that's another thing I'm dealing with right now is this disappointment that I'm still here a little bit, you know, and trying to come to terms of being okay with that, you know. But
0: um. with the con- I asked the concept of new home and you hit on mm-hmm. it like, w- like what do you? because we feel this drive to like build something new yeah yeah uh, like and eventually that is like kind of the journey the arc of our life like mm-hmm. what are you going to do it's like eventually yeah make a new home family no family mm-hmm. work or however you want to define that um yeah that's kind yeah. of that's again like that's there's no ultimate goal here because i think yeah. that's really an expectation or anything like from a movie or otherwise is yeah. damaging and stifling but on those list of things, on those skills, on those, like, like, what do I want out of my life, out of a job? Like, what do I want in my life? Like period, like Mm -hmm. a home. I want a family. I want, or not a family. I want like people I know, or like, what is that? Why would you define that list?
3: Yeah. And that's, you know, that's something I'm trying to figure out, you know, and it's so funny to think about, I look at the world and feel so differently about my life and everything so much now than I did a year ago, two years ago. You know I'm totally different I feel like a totally different person than I was mm-hmm. five years ago so you know I think about that I'm like by the time I start doing that in five years am I even going to be the same person and look at it the same but you know five years will pass quick I know that right. but um you know as of right now I really don't know you know I, I don't I don't I don't even know how really how I feel about things like family and uh, where I want to go and you know what I want to do I know I want to I know I want to have a career and feel good about that and feel good about a career. I know I want to explore new places. I really want to go travel, you know, even if that's just moving with a job to a new city and just experiencing a new city on my own for the first time or, you know, just kind of, but the things I do want, you know, probably stay consistent with me. You know, my friends are important to me. Uh, You know, even if that's new friends, I just love building connections with people. And that's, I think that's where my work comes in. I love working with people and just constantly being around people and, uh, you know, just developing relationships with other humans. Feels pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, that makes us human. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I just want to be able to feel like I'm doing well and being successful, maybe be nice to myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I think that's a big thing is, you know, coming to terms with you don't get to a happy place, you, you know, it, it's a, it's not a place, it's a feeling, you know, it's not something you have to feel all the time, mm-hmm. or not something you have to feel bad for not feeling, um, so yeah, I don't know, yeah, it's a hard question, you know, I don't even it really is. know how to answer <laughs> it, uh, yeah. so, I mean, I guess concrete, like, is it kind of like, what do I see in fi- myself in five years, or ten years, or is it more of a, well,
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to veer away from that cause yeah. That's pretty cliche Exactly um, yeah but... but but in like a cl- necessary cliche In terms of like To process such a weighty and like A like, nebulous thing As mm-hmm. your future which Even in like reality Doesn't really exist It exists yeah. in the abstract It exists in terms yeah. of planning But it's always the present We're never yeah. like in... in one or the other um, But I guess what I mean is How I like to frame it is Mm -hmm. what is an intention or goal you have
3: for the next
0: year or even for like this coming month? Yeah, and I know a
3: big thing for me is, you know, I want to, like you said, I I care a lot about how well I do in a job. And that's one thing I I do like about the job I have is there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunity to move up. They expect you to move up quick. So I like having that It's a job that will help me move around. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really appreciate that as well try to not sound cliche like I'm drinking that enterprise kool-aid or anything but um but something that does really matter to me is uh and I don't want to sound like I'm being greedy or like I'm money motivated or anything but I do want to do well uh financially too because I mean there's uh I don't know I just I think I want to be in a situation where I can help other people eventually you know what I mean like uh and just be able to like I I really don't think i want a family or anything like that but again that could totally change in five years ten years Mm -hmm. and i like the idea of being in a situation where kids can grow up not like i did you know and be comfortable and have security and things like that or at the very least like i can help my siblings if they need help or my parents as they get older specifically my dad who's pretty sick so you Mm -hmm. know i I guess those things would are important to me so like again i don't want to sound like i'm money motivated i just want to make money you know it's more like i just want to i know money's so important honestly and just taking care of the people you care about and taking care of other people right um including yourself (laughs) so i guess i like uh the idea of having the opportunity to just have that security of feeling good about myself and like I'm in a good place for my age which again is where all that expectation comes in it's so damaging isn't it Mm -hmm. whether we watch these movies and get this idea of what you're supposed to be or what you're supposed to do and it's just not how it is which is again also why I love movies because it shows you can see so many different perspectives and Mm -hmm. I don't know there's nothing better than watching a movie where you connect with a character so much and you're like shit that's exactly how I feel and then you're like if they feel that way whoever wrote this or that actress who's channeling that feeling then it's okay that i feel this way and i think that's it that's what i think movies are for me is just understanding it's emp- their uh empathy machines as roger ebert once said mm-hmm. you know it's just all about seeing other people's perspective and seeing how it differs from your own and is similar to yours well i just want on a huge tangent
0: <laughs> no you're good that was beautiful man um as an English major myself, mm-hmm. uh, I definitely agree that movies and most art forms are a way of yeah, wrangling, books, wrangling, yeah,
3: wrangling a narrative to make sense of your own narrative, because that's how we make meaning of our it's life. It's funny, because I think it's like a two-way therapy. I think artists, when they create, they're putting out how they feel or getting through something, and then when people perceive it, they're also helping those people feel a certain way and work through things, you know, and I don't know, I love that.
0: As the hip crooner Drake says, "Take care." <laughs> I feel oh my it. Hell oh, yeah! Um, so another way to uh, frame that eloquent uh, tangent, as you call yes. it, I call it a good, a good talk uh, went on. Um, if you could be the Tom Brady of anything, what would you be? Wow! You be filmmaking. That's pretty good. I know you're a big Tom Brady fan.
3: Yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> not as much lately. I'm. Uh, no, I don't know. I I'm so. You like Tom Brady, the icon. I do. <laughs> Not I the do baby. exactly. That's it. And, and I. It, that's so much it, you know. And I, I'm, you know, that's why it's, it's so funny that you know we. Uh, I don't know. I just, but yes. What do I want to be the the Tom Brady or the the Michael Jordan or LeBron James of? What do I want to be uh, of anything? If you could be of anything, yeah, what would it be? God, yeah, that's a that's quite a question. You know, it probably wouldn't be filmmaking. It'd probably be something different. Um, um accounting. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, who would want to bounce sheets? Like, is what? there such thing as a Tom Brady of accounting? I'd I'm like the to go to Actually, him. I would like to not meet the guy. <laughs> um, but uh, you know what? It'd probably be. Uh, dang that's a hard one Uh, I almost want to say just uh, speaking or just like you know just having the power of you know because I think speaking is like on such a surface level your like ability to connect with people like quickly you know and just kind of be able to just I don't know I I don't want to say like motivational speaker but just like the power to just be able to move people you know Power to connect with people. Yeah, it's just that's what I think it's comes down to. It's almost like I'd like a job where I work with people and connect. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Welcome back from the break. How'd you guys like those nachos?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you were not here for the fucking food. You are here for me to enlighten you, to edify you, to send you off into the now not-so-unknown future, so come along with me. Hey everybody, Ryan here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of Two Upper Middle Class White Kids Trying to Figure Out the Real World, or What Do You Want to Be When You Grow Up? If you want to hear our analysis of this interview, as well as the interview Graham did with my mom, uh, please go to part two. And if you have any suggestions or complaints about the show, please email growuppod95 at gmail.com. The song played for the intro and the outro is Time Today by Caro Caro Benito, and we use some film clips from Paddington 2, and Magnolia, where that last clip came from. Please don't sue us, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to hear our little experiment, and I hope you listen to more. Thanks.